It's time for Let's Talk Real Estate with Fritz Pfister, the REMAX professional who makes buying and selling easy. This is Springfield's only live call-in real estate show, answering your questions and educating you so you can make a better decision. Call 629-7970 with your questions. Let's Talk Real Estate with Fritz Pfister from REMAX Professionals on 927 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Saturday morning to you. Welcome to Let's Talk Real Estate, program number 1417. My name's Fritz Fister with REMAX Professionals of Springfield. Today, our subdivision of the week, uh, we're going out to the Leland Grove area, the Lion Eye Country Club area. We went from Panther Creek to Piper Glen. Now we're going to go to the other golf course. My guest today in studio, Dean Graven, who will be sharing uh, proposed legis legislation at the state that could adversely impact the housing market. Following my weekly observations, I will have the phone lines open for you at 629-7970 for your questions. If I may please remind you, the opinions expressed on Let's Talk Real Estate are solely mine. They're not necessarily those of sponsors of REMAX Professionals of Springfield or REMAX International or the Capital Area Realtors. I'm a licensed real estate broker. I don't own REMAX. I'm not an attorney at law, a tax expert, or a financial planner. So the opinions and stories I share with you on this program are those of a real estate broker serving the families of the Springfield area as a full-time realtor since 1987. Good morning to my sister Mindy in Cumberland, Maryland, son Sam down in Nashville, Tennessee, son Josh, wife Ashley, my grandkids Kenzie and Weston out in North Carolina. Well, we're going to thank our sponsors here real quick. Mark's Fireplace and Lighting, the store that will brighten up your lifestyle. Writings Plumbing, when you have a plumbing problem, it's Writings to the Rescue and Slab Jackers Construction. When your concrete has that sinking feeling, get all jacked up with Slab Jackers. I'm going to shoot through my weekly observations. Before I do that, I want to say good morning to Dean Graven. Welcome aboard, Dean. Get up that microphone right up here. You know better. You've been on the radio more than I have. Good morning, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, we're ha happy to have you in and looking forward to the information you have to share. Well, our weekly observations are being brought to you by Mark's Fireplace and Lighting, the store of distinction on the South 6th Street Frontage Road. Stop by and say hi from Fritz. 
uh, it's time to go get that new patio furniture. I'm seeing that sunshine springs just a smile away. Mark's Fireplace and Lighting, the store of distinction on the South 6th Street frontage road south of the Route 66 Hotel and Conference Center. Here's your weekly observations for February the 18th, 2023, and it's titled Inflation Impacting Housing Market. This is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The consumer price index for all urban consumers rose 0.5% in January on a seasonally adjusted basis after increasing 0.1% in December. Over the last 12 months, the All Items Index increased 6.4% before seasonal adjustment, end quote. As reported here, my concern was the Federal Reserve was slowing the rate increase too early, easing the cost of funds rate increased only 0.25% in January. Now, the Federal Reserve has been hit with a trifecta, a jobs report with 517,000 jobs added is good news for people, but bad news for the Fed in their attempt to cool the economy to bring down inflation. Second in the trifecta was the consumer price index jumped from 0.1% in December to 0.5% in January. The 12-month inflation rate was 6.4%, with consumers getting hammered on food up 10.1%, electricity up 11.9%, and natural gas up 26.7% from a year ago. The third in the trifecta was the producer price index, or wholesale costs. From the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the index for final de uh, demand less foods, energy, and trade services rose 0.6% in January, the largest advance since moving up 0.9% in March of 2022. For the 12 months ended in January 2021, prices for final demand less isn't that neat how they do that, Dean? Uh, if you don't eat, drive a car, or heat your home, you're, you're in good shape here. <laughs> uh, and, and trade services increased 4.5%. And quote from CNBC, wholesale prices rose 0.7% in January, more than expected, fueling inflation increases. Inflation rebounded in January at the wholesale level as producer prices rose more than expected to start the year, the Labor Department reported Thursday. The producer price index, a measure of what raw goods fetch on the open market, rose 0.7% for the month, the biggest increase since June. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones had been looking for a rise of 0.4% after a decline of 0.2% in December. End quote. Well, if pending home sales are the best indicator of future closed sales, wholesale prices are the best indicator of future consumer prices. Consumers can expect higher prices at the grocery store, for home energy, and at the pump. How will this impact home sales? It already has locally with sales falling 13.4% in Sangamon County in 2022. However, year-to-date closed sales are down 25.2%. Now, that's an improvement from closed sales being down 31.6% in January. Listings going under contract or pending sales are down, but only by 8.7% from last year on this date, and that's in the MLS. 
Although the inventory has fallen precipitously, again, as pending sales outpaced the number of new listings, of the 61 closed sales reported this week, only 32.8% sold at or above asking price. This was the lowest percentage, fetching asking price or higher, dating back to March of 2020. More news from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Real average weekly earnings down 1.5% from January 2022. Real average weekly earnings for all employees, that is, earnings that have been adjusted for uh, changes in consumer prices, decreased 1.5% from January 2022 to January 2023. The change in real average weekly earnings resulted from a 1.8% decrease in real average hourly earnings and a 0.3% increase in the average work week over this period. End quote. Since the government fueled this inflation bomb in March of 2021 with the $2.9 trillion American Relief Act, which was set ablaze by the war on American oil to go green, driving gas prices to a record high over $5 a gallon. I'm sure you remember that. I have shared that historically inflation won't be brought under control until the Fed rate, uh, raises the cost of funds rate above the rate of inflation. In other words, drive the economy into recession. As in the 1980s, short-term pain for long-term gain. That's the reason the inaction by the Fed to raise rates until March of 2022, a full year after the inflation inferno was loosed on Americans, is so frustrating. The Fed, through inaction and timid action, has allowed the government-created inflation to persist far too long. Inflation could now last a decade, according to former Obama economist Jason Furman. The cost of funds being raised a meager quarter of a point in January brought the cost of funds rate to 4.75%. With inflation at 6.4% and rising, the duration of high inflation rates will be extended. Prices will continue to go up with the probability of $5 gas by summer. And if that happens, the cost of food will skyrocket again. The bottom line is, with real wages down, the cost of necessities up and rising, and with the Fed likely to return to more aggressive rate increases that will work its way into the mortgage rates, combined, these will subdue demand. The low inventory continues to be the home seller's saving grace. I sense people are battening down the hatches during the, this inflation storm, so relief from the low inventory may be a ways off. This is not what buyers remaining in the market want to hear, but it is good news for home sellers. Until the current administration makes serious changes in today's irrational energy policies and the Fed gets serious about raising rates, we will be left sitting to see how long this bout of inflation lasts and how severe its impact will be on the housing market. And that's this week's weekly observations. Dean, you and I are both a little long in the tooth and we both lived through the carter inflation i remember that very well yep i do too and i think we're in the process of seeing an instant replay i history's repeating itself you need to get that up a little bit closer to your mouth oh, history's repeating itself very much so it uh 
at that time, I was just going to college, and my dad owned a gas station, and we were on gas rationing, so it was hard to make a living. So, uh, yes, it was very difficult, and I think I purchased my first home in 1979, and I couldn't get a rate under double digits, and I think I took out a 14% adjustable because fixed rate was at, like, 17%. So I hope we... Uh, I don't see it going that far, but I think relatively it would be the same in terms of where we're at today compared to where we were at in the early 80s. Well, I think it's a little bit different uh, today. Uh, we're a much larger nation. The population's probably a third times bigger. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm, I wanted to ask you, uh, with your background in finance and in the building industry and trades and everything, uh, Am I uh, missing the boat, or am I pretty much correctly analyzing that <clears throat> until Volcker raised the interest rates, the fund, cost of funds rate above the rate of inflation, not until then did we get that under control? You're right on. I mean, that's the only way this is. You can't play lag time, and that's what they're doing, and they waited way too long. So, no, you're right on. We're going to have to see, and I think you're going to see two to three more increases, but I think they need to be half percent, not quarter percent. That's just my opinion. Well, I, th I think there's a probability that if they don't uh, do at least a half a percent, I really think they should do three quarters of a percent to make up for that quarter percent, and then go back to a half percent, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But they... <clears throat> They're a good two and a half, uh, two and three quarters points below the rate of inflation right now. And, and you, that's just like uh, swimming upstream. Well, and with one arm. I mean, you're really not getting anywhere if, if they continue to do this. And uh, your analogy of where fuel's going to be this summer, that will, that will hit everybody so deep in their pocketbook that they have to. And I hope they're listening. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I hope they're listening as well. But uh, the bottom line is, is it does have a severe impact upon especially the working family whose 63% uh, of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of those are earning $100,000 or more. We just hit an all-time record high on credit card debt because people aren't earning enough money to be able to buy their necessities. So they're having to turn to their credit cards to make uh, necessary payments. You're, yep. I mean, necessary payments on things you shouldn't be using credit on. Exactly. I like food and house payments Correct. and things like that. Yep. All right. Well, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I just want to quick jump out and say... Uh, Home Expo is underway down at the Bank of Springfield. Now, how many Home Expos did you <laughs> attend in your lifetime? 20, 30? Uh, started in 95, and yes. So it's getting close to 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to, uh, I was down there yesterday afternoon. I was, uh, I, uh, was a ticket taker, and, and I was pleased to see uh, the nice steady stream and large number of people that attended the, uh, the Expo. There's some... Uh, Really neat exhibits down there. Um, I'll give a shout uh, out to uh, Mr. Williams, uh, Williams Roving. They, they've come out with a new product. Perhaps you've seen it. It's patented. It's, it's an overcoating, you know. Uh, he was talking about it, you know, treating your roof. And I said, oh, you know, like cleaning it and making it look better for a sale. And he says, no, this actually seals it. And mm -hmm. we give you a five-year warranty on extended life. It helps keep the uh, shingle in place in terms of all the gravel. And it doesn't fade as fast. Yeah, it refills the gravel. It's really cool stuff. Stop yeah. by and, 
and tell him I said hello because that that grabbed my interest because my roof was put on in 1998, Dean. Let me see here, and it's You're a 30, on borrowed time. It, well, it was a 35 <laughs> year roof, but I think I was just for the marketing department. But if you get a chance, stop by the Home Expo. There's Lego contests for the kids, and they're going to have a Lego contest for adults this year. Uh, they have seminars ongoing daily. They're free to attend. Uh, just stop on by and uh, say hello to all our friends down at the uh, uh, Bank of Springfield Center and the Home Expo uh, on uh, underway. And uh, that was brought to you by our friends at Writings Plumbing. Talk about a nice guy, John Writings. I mean, gosh, he runs such a great shop. Yep. Uh, 544-6890. And then one other quick little public service announcement here. Do you like to eat, Dean? Every day, uh, several times a day. Yeah, me too. Right out here at the North Enders Post, uh, they're having a Mastacholi dinner, the Ladies Auxiliary. They're, they've cooked it all up. And at noon to 5 today, you can pick up a full meal, Mastacholi meal, uh, for only 10 bucks. Oh, and wow. all the proceeds, all the profits go to the honor flight. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, with all the fuel increases and everything, we're now up to $97,000 for one flight. Oh, my gosh. And we operate 100% on donations. Mm -hmm. So big salute to the North Enders. Okay, full disclosure. I'm a life member of the North Enders VFW. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Come on. <laughs> a big salute to all my friends over at the North Enders VFW and the Ladies Auxiliary. God bless you. And uh, if you're over there picking up uh, a dinner, grab an extra one for a friend, now all the proceeds go to the honor flight. There. Uh, Dean is uh, past president of the... Illinois Home Builders Association and past president of the Springfield Area Home Builders Association. Several times, probably. A couple in each. <laughs> and he's on the uh, zoning commission for the uh, city of Springfield. Correct. I do believe. And you're on the, what is it, the governmental? It's actually the uh, Development Policy Council, which is a public-private entity of all the governments and in private. And I've been the chairman of that since uh, 2007. Very involved. Uh, Dean has his uh, finger on the uh, pulse of what's going on at uh, the government levels, both local and state. And uh, we brought Dean on to uh, share some of the things, especially from the state, uh, that have uh, bills that are making their way through uh, the legislature right now. But first, uh, we only have a few minutes uh, remaining in this first half hour. Uh, let's touch on local, the city of Springfield, because I understand that uh, there has been a basic agreement on a developer's uh, agreement. Yes, it was called that. It's now a road standard agreement, and it when it, it'll be on consent next Tuesday, and it sets a standard that the private side and the public side have finally agreed to, and it makes it uh, available so that the streets will be built outside of the subdivision faster, and if the city wants to change some things, they can. Uh, if nobody understands development, it's everything in a subdivision, streets, lights, sewer, water, gas, everything, street signs, all paid by the developer. This is affecting the road in front, and it used to be you had to fix everything, and they collected half. 
well, how do you build half a street? So now we have it that we have a standard. We'll build two ditches, so forth. And uh, the city has five years to take the money that the developer put into that and get it built. We went for 11 almost 15 years and 9 million in bonds or excuse me, letters of credit, never, nothing happened. So we finally got this corrected. It's taken us a long time, but I think it's excellent. I think it is too. And thank you for all your hard work on that. Uh, because I represented a developer a number of years ago, uh, who came into Springfield to develop a subdivision and, uh, it never got developed. No, it didn't. Uh, I, um, uh, they they ended up uh, I think they still own the ground because we had it we had a prospective buyer for it but the, who proposed developing it too and it didn't get approved uh, and the developer from out of town had developed subdivisions in numerous other cities uh, and they said Fritz we will never do business in Springfield again because of the red tape mm -hmm. it takes forever to get anything done so. I take it a lot of things are streamlined now in this uh, agreement. On this one, is very clear-cut. And then we just had a development policy meeting last third, this two days ago, and we're working on improving it. Uh, we're, our whole process takes longer than any place in terms of Champaign-Urbana, Bloomington, Normal, Peoria, Decatur. And, and we keep, I call it hurdles because they're not roadblocks, but they're very high. We've got to lower those, and that doesn't mean cheaper. We just have to improve it because you're out of town investors or local, and we have a lot of local investors. It, it's not good if the city is shrinking, and I think our city is shrinking in terms of population, and new dollars helps old parts of well, town. All you have to do is look at the single-family permits uh, for 2022. There were 33 in the city of Springfield. Now, I, I see con conflicting reports. Uh, I've I see the signs up that say spring entering Springfield 117,400, but I believe the census said 112,400. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, there, I haven't noticed any uh, a, a little tiny subdivision here and there, Bad. but no major development in the last 10 years. No, no. There's been additions to an established, like they do it by uh, next phase. But uh, out on right. Sloan Crossing was the last one in the last three years. And it was relatively small, 64. So when you say a large, no, we haven't had one. Yeah, well, uh, no cokey mills, no, no. Uh, large-scale subdivisions like that. And by the way, thanks to Slabjackers Construction, you call Chuck if you have any sinking concrete at 787-8252. He's one of the nicest guys in the world and he can fix that at a fraction of the cost that it would to replace it because I believe concrete's up a little bit, isn't it, Dean? There's nothing in construction right now that's not down. <laughs> it's it's not all up. up, unfortunately. Well, we're going to take a break uh, for the news here. And when we return, uh, we're going to have a brief market update, interest rate update. Uh, we're gonna, I'm still going to do subdivision of the week. I'm going to go to the Leland Grove area because I want Dean to hear these numbers. But in between all of that, uh, Dean's going to share with you what... Back to Let's Talk Real Estate with Fritz Fister from REMAX Professionals on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Welcome back to Let's Talk Real Estate program number 1417. This is Fritz Fister with REMAX Professionals of Springfield. And in studio, Mr. Dean Graven bringing us up to speed on what uh, bills are floating through the state government right now that may impact you. We'll be getting to those here in a minute. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors this half hour of the program, Hillier Storage and Moving, 
Springfield's oldest and best allied van lines agent moving the things you love. Bacon, termite, and pest control. They don't bug you. Just the critters in your home. I'm going to do a brief market update uh, for you. Right now, the inventory fell once again because there were only, and this is just the bottom falling out of new listings, only 38 new listings in the MLS last week. Uh, and we had 52 that went under contract. Now, neither one of them are very good, but they're having 14 more than <laughs> came to the market, takes that inventory down. The MLS is down to 293. That's down for the first time this year, down 3.6% uh, from what it was last year on this date. Uh, 123 uh, homes are currently available for sale in all of Sangamon County. Is that a record? No. No? No. The record... Uh, the record for Sangamon County is 110. Wow. We're heading that way. We were at 133 last week. Let me go back through here. We were at 152 the week before, 159 the week before. That has just been on a steady decline, Dean. Uh, so there are fewer uh, choices for buyers, and uh, we're seeing multiple offers on those good listings as they come to the market. Of course, uh, you don't need a whole lot of... Uh, Demand. You don't need that many buyers if you're uh, running with uh, 15 to 20% of your normal inventory. Normally, this time of year, we would have 850 to 950 homes listed for sale in Sangamon County. We have wow. 123. Oh, ouch. 311 homes uh, are sold and closed year to date in the MLS. That's down 25.2% from 416 last year, but that was an all-time record high for this time of year. Uh, that is uh, actually the fewest in the last seven years that I have on my guide here. So we've, uh, and I predicted this at the beginning of the year, Dean, that we would fall back to the post-recession numbers of home sales locally uh, from 2012 to 2016. Yeah, so it's going to be slow but steady and that's still falling back down there like a like a balloon shot by a missile <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then we have um, 355 this is the good news we have 355 uh, homes currently under contract that's only down 8.7 percent in the mls we have 231 of those are in sangamon county uh so all in all, it's not bad, but once again, I want to relate back to the number of homes that are selling at or above asking price. They have fallen along with this, which is pretty odd because it hasn't done that. And I pointed out to you the, the high was the week ending August 5th last year, 81%. Of uh, the closings reported that week sold at or above asking price. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's your market update brought to you by our friends at Bacon Termite and Pest Control. They did two termite treatments for me this week. And uh, I got to thank those guys for kind of pushing me into the front of the line <laughs> to, to help get things done uh, so we can get some closings uh, uh, behind us. Uh, but that's just the kind of people Bacon are. You can count on them great people. If you're going to be buying a home, I recommend them. And if you haven't had your home inspected for a while, I certainly recommend it because we're seeing a lot more termites this time of year as the ground uh, somewhat thaws and you have some moisture there coming back up out of the ground. Bacon, termite, and pest control, 544-7566. Okay, Mr. Dean, what's the state got up their sleeves there on us? 
Well, probably the one that jumps out us about a year ago, right when they came into session, they brought in this electric vehicle charging act. And the original language said that every new home was going to have to have an electric car charging station for every parking space. So a two car, you had to have two, a three car, you had to have three. And they had ready, the word ready. That meant you were going to have to have charging stations in your garages we started we asked to be to the table they let us come and we started asking questions they couldn't answer the questions and they were educated through our discussion that you have a level one a level two and a level three chargers simply a level one is a 110 outlet a level three is a 220 and there is a huge difference in what it cost to have that plus we only bring 200 amps into a house, and that's typical. If you had to have three, you probably would not have enough amps in the house, so you'd have to bring in another 100-amp system. And now we're talking costs that were going up to six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 for a new home if they followed this. So fast forward, as of uh, last week, Senate Bill 40 is now using the word of at least one electric vehicle capable. What's the big difference between the word ready and capable? All we would have to do is run conduit from the breaker box to the garage and then let the consumer, if they ever bought an electric car, hire an electrician and you could fish wire, which saves tremendous money and you wouldn't have to have another 100 amps. Most boxes, uh, breaker boxes have uh, enough room for a couple uh, 220 outlets and still stay under the 200 threshold. But let me that, let me interrupt you just sure. for a second here. Uh, to uh, for you who are listening, uh, you're not familiar with the building costs and building codes and and all that. I'm going to give you an analogy. What Dean referred to was you have a whole bunch of legislators down there that don't have a clue about building a home. Uh, they they're just not experts at it. I mean, that's not their expertise. And the analogy I want to give you is just like the gun ban law that they passed. You had uh, hundreds of people down there that don't know the first thing about guns, making all these rules about something they know nothing about. Uh, if I hope that helps clarify uh, what's going on here. Uh, go ahead, Dean. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head with that one because when we first started talking, they said this is going to cost $1,000. So I had some local electricians just give me the price of the wire from a 110 to a 220. So I'm, I know I'm getting in the weeds, but you don't pull that much power on the same piece of wiring. The cost for one 220 outlet, just the wire, no no labor, no install, was over $1,100. They were being told and telling the legislators, the other lobbyists, it was only going to cost you $500 to $1,000 to do this. And I think that's what's got their attention. Unfortunately, uh, Fritz, as of yesterday, Friday, there were over 4,200 new bills presented for this state legislator. And we're digging through and we're finding more and more that we've got to be careful. We're pricing the affordability of a home out. The American dream is getting farther away every time we have mandates with these requirements. Do you know what else prices people out of buying a home? Interest rates. Yep. And I'm going to bring you the interest rate report right now by Hillier Storage and Moving. Get my friend Tom Swift to call at 525-8550. You know, Hillier's been on this program. This is my 28th year, and they've really? been on this program 27 and a half years. Well, they're good people. <laughs> oh, they're sure. awesome people. And 
I, I'll tell you, I, I had several clients last year that I just, you know, you, what's the old saying, Dean? You can lead people to knowledge, but you can't make them think. Something to that it's, tune, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. Well, I had some clients that said, well, these, these guys over here are less, so we're going to use them. And in a couple of instances... They ended up having to go out and get U-Hauls in the dark of night to finish loading up because the company didn't, never came out and did a physical site inspection to do the bid. They just said, well, how many rooms you got? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my gosh. If they would have called Hillier, it was probably two or $300 difference. It would all have been done right. You know, professionally and done, professionally done. Yeah. Enough trucks, enough men, and you're not scrambling around at midnight. And you got a eight o'clock closing in the morning, or a nine o'clock closing. And you got an eight o'clock walkthrough. You're trying to clean up for. How uh, many? How many breakage yeah. did they have moving themselves? So. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But the bottom line is, is just do it right. Call our friends at Hillier Storage and Moving, an Allied Van Lines agent. They can move you across the country. They can move you across town. They can move you wherever you need to go. Five two five eight five five zero. Here's what's going on with the interest rates. They they they're going up, folks. They uh, they're still good rates, but they're going up. And they're going to continue to go up, I do believe, unless the bottom just totally falls out of the market and then they'll be forced to keep them down. And supply and demand, I believe, isn't it, Dean? Oh, that that would dictate it. Right. Yep. Okay, 15-year, 6.3%. 30 years at 6.475. The FHA is up to 6%. And the VA is up to 6.125%. Two weeks ago, the VA was at 5.25%. That's a huge swing. I'm calling, come on, man. Don't do it to the veterans. But they have the highest rates going now, except for the 30-year conventional. Now, if you would like to get the annual percentage rate based upon the government mandate that the lender takes the uh, your co uh, closing cost and amortize them over the first year and They'll tell you, well, that 6.125 on the VA is really 6.399. But that's not what you pay. No. No. It's just uh, a government-mandated thing. That well, some you're going back to my of. time. A yeah. The APR was not brought into place until the early 80s. And the reason they did that is you had brokers, which was unusual. It became a new market. They had the thing called points. So yep. I could advertise a lower rate, but I wasn't disclosing. You had to pay me at one point, which was usually 1% of the loan bounce. So Exactly. Yeah. So, at any rate, uh, the fixed note rate at 6.475%, as I've said, time and again, you marry the home and you date the rate. <laughs> because sometime in the future, if the creek don't rise, <laughs> rates will go back down. And that's your interest rate report. Okay. So, Dean, if uh, they have negotiated capable mm -hmm. instead of ready... What else besides this uh, electric charging station business is the state up to? Well, it's tied to a national. It's called the Stretch Energy Code. Washington just went out and made a uh, Infrastructure Investment Job Act. But the one that's killing us is the Inflation Reduction Act, if you recall that one being announced by our president. Uh, excuse me, I'll interrupt you here. It, the Inflation Reduction Act has reduced inflation just like 
the Obama, uh, the Affordable Care Act lowered your health, health costs. costs. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, I'm sorry for interrupting. So what they did is, and they're offering it now, $1.2 billion to adopt more stringent energy codes. So they leave a carrot out there to the municipality, say, if you want some of this, quote, government money, you're going to have to adopt the most stringent. And what they're talking about, and you've heard about it if you watch the news at all, they want all new homes, and they're picking on new construction because they can do it as it's being built for single-family duplex and even apartments, that they would be 100% electric. They do not want any combustible fuels in the house. So the one that got everybody's attention was the ranges, you know, cooktops. Then that also applies to your dryer applies to your water heater and, believe it or not, applies to your furnace. So they're going the And electric. fireplace. And fire. Well, those would be, yeah, almost obsolete. You'd have an electric fireplace if you like to look at little... I mean, I won't knock electric fireplace, <laughs> but anyway. So it, it, it's, it's giving the local... Here's a chance to get hundreds of millions of dollars, but you have to follow this. What we need to do locally and in our state is say, wait a minute. Do we want to bury ourselves with all these stringent codes, which will affect the housing, drive costs through the roof, and we don't have enough electric power in this country as we have it? You see it in Texas. You see it in California. So let's slow down this, uh, whatever you want to call it, and, and be a little more sensible because we're going to price ourselves in the affordable word is gone. There's just... Yeah, affordable housing uh, no longer exists. There's no such thing as affordable new construction unless it's heavily subsidized by government. Well, and those are typically not owned. Those are rent. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what, what's going on is the it's the Green New Deal. That's... It, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was simply the Green New Deal wrapped in a different name. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, the same thing is happening with the moving fair housing uh, affirmatively forward. They're, they're bringing that back out after uh, the last administration put it on hold. Uh, and uh, Dr. Carson saw to that. Yes. Uh, because effectively what it does is it all sounds good, but it never accomplishes what they say it will. Uh, what they're doing is effectively uh, removing localities' ability to control their own zoning. Correct. It, it, it's money driving everybody away from it. It's the same thing as as what uh, this, uh, what, what do you call it, the, the new one? The, the energy code or yeah. stretch energy the code? Stretch energy code. Yeah. Stretch. stretch. Sorry. Stretch. Yeah. Stretch Armstrong, I should think of that. Yes, yeah. there you go. Stretch energy code, uh, it's kind of the same thing. It, it's bribery. Yes. Uh, because uh, under the uh, moving fair housing affirmatively forward, uh, if you don't adopt the zoning requirements uh, that the federal government puts forward, they cut you off from all your federal funds. Yeah, well, they're leaving. You don't have to do it, but then all this other money is on, on the stretch. You, it's optional. Right. Yeah. Right. And and you don't have to do it with the affirmative moving. You right. Know, the other one. But you're leaving. The, it, but you're putting, you not, oh, you don't want any more highway funds. Yes. You don't want any more school funds. There you go. So this next uh, big development you're going to put in to uh, Springfield, uh, it has to have 
along with your single-family housing, at least uh, four uh, multifamily uh, apartment building units mm -hmm. for government housing. Right. It's, it's changing the whole dynamics of how we we live and build completely. Yeah. They're trying to move, uh, drive everybody back to the uh, cities. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's because of the last 10 years, everybody's been leaving the cities. They, they see the affordability outside and, uh, and the price of property. Well, not only that, the, the cities are having some major issues. Look at Chicago and the crime there. I mean, the crime is... Violence. Yeah, and the violence. You know, people make decisions on where they live based upon affordability and on taxes and all that, but also they want their families to be safe. They also base it upon education. What are the quality of the schools that are available? There are 53 schools in the state of Illinois where not one student in the entire school district is proficient in math at grade level. It's unbelievable. And they say, more money will fix it. Well, how's that? Money hasn't fixed any of this. The more we throw, the worse we get. Yeah, it seems like it. Anything else we need to be aware of on the uh, housing front? Well, something positive? Let's uh, go. Uh, let's change gears okay. to a real positive I'll, thing. I'll but instead of the government get digging into our pocket, I think we do have a good news uh, story. Yeah. This past Tuesday, we uh, got consent to update our codes, and that's not a bad thing. So for the first time in 20 years, the city and county are on the same code cycles once this passes. But out of all that research and stuff, they, we found a couple fire codes that were going to mandate knockboxes on single-family residents, driving costs up. A knockbox is a way to get into a commercial property very quickly because there's a hidden key, I'll, I'll call it that, uh, that the fire department knows. So as of next Tuesday, we will pass a home box. Somebody with disability, some elderly that fall and they need help from the fire department, effective later this year, probably in 60 days, we'll have a free home knockbox that the fire department will come to you if you request it, put it on your property, and that way when you get a 911 call and my mom or my grandma is down, they know right there there's a key box, they open it, they won't have to break down the door. Hey, so that, the yeah, Realtors that, Association, the yep. Home Builders Association, we're going to publish this a lot. So there is good that comes out of this. We will have more of that good news on the knockbox uh Coming up uh, as the uh, year progresses, but right now I want to go to the subdivision of the week. We're going to go to the Illini Country Club area. Now, one thing about it is Panther Creek, I know I'm getting all Panther Creek houses. When I do Piper Glen, same thing. But when I do uh, Illini Country Club, I have to take in all of Census Track 21, which has a big variety of priced homes. For example, there are six homes. Now, Dean, pay attention to this, if you would, please. Six single-family homes are currently available on Census Tract 21. The median list price is $309,450. They have been on the market an average of 103 days. Ooh. That we have not seen in a long time. And I will share with you all six homes have taken price reductions. That's unusual. These are just little signs uh -huh. that only people tuned in to Springfield's local stats nerd would learn. <laughs> there are no attached homes or condos in Census Tract 21 for sale. There are none under contract. There are seven single-family homes 
under contract. Now, the ones that are under contract were only on the market 44 days, and the median list price of those were $325,000. Sold and closed in 2022. Single-family homes in Census Tract 21, 64. The median sale price, $272,450. They were on the market an average of 26 days. It's <laughs> quite a difference. There's a major difference. Uh, the average days on the market for the entire MLS uh, last year, Sangamon County, 16 days. The five uh, attached homes or condos sold and closed, median sale price, 205000 10 days on the market. Wow. Now, that was 2022. In 2021, there were 81 single-family homes sold, so in 2022, the number of sales dropped by 21%, by 17. However, the median sale price on those 81 were 220,000. The median sale price was up $52,450 while the number of sales was going down. Now, Mr. Economics, financial planner, guru, mortgage builder guy, tell me how does that work? It doesn't. I mean, that's. I mean, your numbers are just staggering. I've, things that I've never seen before. That's an increase of twenty three point eight percent in median sale price in the Leland Grove area in the past year. I wouldn't count on that lasting, as evidenced by the six homes that are currently for sale that have been on the market for one hundred and three days, and they all have had to take price reductions. There were five attached homes and condos sold, same number as twenty. 22, but the median sale price on those was $112,000. So that means five too small a number to do it. Yeah. But just for fun, I'm going to share it with you. That means that the attached uh, con uh, homes and condos went up 83% or by $93,000 in one year. Five to five. It's not, not, it's not a fair comparison. Well, we've got somebody trying to call in, but we've done run out of time. Dean Graven, I really appreciate you taking time out of your life. I know you're busier than a one-armed paper hanger. You need to uh, take a little time off, my friend. <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate you coming in and sharing with folks what's going on in the uh, State House and at uh, City Hall. And good news at City Hall. Uh, worrisome news at the State. Is that a fair? Uh, yes. Okay. We've got plenty to worry about. I appreciate your time, and I'll be happy to come anytime you need me. I appreciate it, Dean. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Fritz Fister. It would be an honor to serve your family. My phone number is 652-SOLD. You can reach me at any time if you have a question. I apologize to the callers trying to get in now. The lines are lighting up now, Dean. Uh, but at the end of the program, we just don't have time to get to you. Uh, just give me a call during the week at 652 so I'll be happy to answer any question. God bless you all. Make it a great week. God bless our first responders. God bless our police officers. God bless our troops serving around the world. And above all, God bless America.